0: From the home of time.
1: It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team.
0: This is Charlton Live.
2: When the red, red Robbie comes
3: bop, bop, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts rubbing his old sweet song.
4: Is red. live, love, love and be happy. What if I be blue? Now I'm walking
3: through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for us.
4: When he starts rubbing his own sweet song I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again Singing
3: a song When the red, red robin comes to
5: We started the day off feeling pretty upbeat yesterday, but that soon fell apart. Have our playoff chances gone with defeat to Scani, or is there still another twist in the tale? Welcome to Charlton Live. Live. (laughs) (laughs) So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening. My name is... Is Louis Mendes and joining me here in the studio to look back at yesterday's 1 0 defeat at home to Scunthorpe United is Mr. Tom Wining. Hey, Dan, Tom.
3: Yeah, not so upbeat.
5: (laughs) Not as upbeat as we were.
3: No, up until about what, 2 o'clock yesterday?
5: Uh, Very disappointing defeat yesterday against Scunthorpe. It drops us out of those top six playoff places. Uh, it's gone for leapfrogging over us Only four games left to go this season It's uh, it's like a roller coaster And we've got to pray that there will be another twist in the tail Before the end of the season Otherwise it will be yet another campaign In League One for the Alex So on tonight's show we are going to hear The highlights of that defeat uh, From the Valley Pass commentary We're going to hear exclusively from Lee Bowyer Who came in to speak to Terry after yesterday's game We want to hear what you guys thought of the performance as well And what you make of our playoff chances uh, You can email studio at charltonlive.co.uk You can tweet us at Charlton Live, you can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for tonight's show. If you want to have your say on what's going on here in SE7, we're also going to look back at something that was a lot more positive yesterday. It was the Upbeats Walk uh, 10th anniversary. Uh, of the UpBeats uh, form- formation. So we walked 10 miles from the training ground, snaking around South London uh, to the Valley uh, to help raise money for the, the UpBeats, of the Down Syndrome Football Club here at the Valley. And then we watched them play as well on the pitch, which was really good. So we're going to hear our little, uh, a few of us from Cheltenham Live went on it, so we're going to hear our little audio diary of our journey uh, to try and cheer you up. But then we will still have to look ahead to Tuesday's game. Ain't getting any easier. We've got to go to uh, third place, Shrewsbury, on Tuesday evening, to try and rescue something from this season, right, Tom? Just before we hear those those highlights, um, I mean, we we you know we lost at Wimbledon on Tuesday. I was out of the country, so I can't be blamed for that one. But I came back trying <laughs> to make it all better, uh, and it wasn't any better yesterday, was it?
3: Um, I was at both, so maybe I can be blamed. But <laughs> but no, it wasn't. And it's um, obviously we're going to go into detail about the game after we hear the highlights. But the the difference in the last two performances compared to the first three under Bowyer is just. A concern, really. Um, we we went from assuming we were never going to get in the playoffs to to suddenly being very buoyant, and and now the the feeling returns that we're maybe not going to be. And it's as you say, it does feel like a bit of a roller coaster up and down. I think there will be another twist or two left because of the way this season's been. But um, I didn't think Scunthorpe were a very good side, and yet they beat us. And I think mm. that says all you need to know about the Chant performance.
5: Yeah, that was their first win in eleven games for Scunthorpe, mm. and that puts them back in the playoffs. And it just shows how crazy this this league is. The amount of teams have had really poor runs at one time or another like Plymouth who barely won a game at the start of mm. the season Charlton who went 8 without a win either side of Christmas you know for now have only won their, their second game in 16 and their first year in 11 and that's enough to get you back in the playoffs it just shows how the, how poor a lot of the teams are and could say. still get into that top 6 and we're hoping that we're going to be one of them right let's have a quick listen to how it went down in SE7 yesterday
1: ball into uh, and into the penalty area great save from Amos with his feet as and got the shot off can De Silva keep it in? He can, and gets the ball away. It's a good ball to Kaikai, Kai. lovely that's touch from Kaikai Kai to Jose. Jose's got Ben Reeves in, acres of space down the right-hand side and he can't find him. But now Reeves might take it on the, uh, as the ball comes back and finds it, Jose, with the shot! Oh. oh, saved away to the right-hand side by Jilks, end-to-end stuff here in the Valley.
6: Clark brings the ball forward down the line is Adel Laken, and he's onside, according to the official. And Lakin inside the penalty here, a ball across, and it's tapped home by Tony. Scunthorpe had the lead, just a simple ball down the line, Charlton tried to play offside, whether he was or not, I do not know, but Adam Lakin
1: just simple ball across to Tony, taps home, Scunthorpe had the lead after 30 minutes. Well, I think Charlton were definitely playing Tony offside, but I don't think anybody was looking at Adam Lakin on the Charlton left-hand side, I can't tell whether he was on or off, something we'll have to check in later. Linesman certainly said he was onside, and Tony then coming back, as a, as a secondary position therefore just slipped the ball home from across nobody following Adelaikin on that Charlton left-hand side and Charlton got to come back from uh, a goal behind now and the tough afternoon's got just slightly tougher
6: Tony's taking his time at the goal celebration, hence the booze there he comes from Dickstil and there is half-time it's gone for, long ball forward towards Tony, that's a decent one, how has found Tony what a strike, what a save from Amos long diagonal ball from McArdle Bauer lost his man Tony who caught it so well with his left foot would have been a hell of a goal but for Ben Amos who tips it over but the
1: defending there from Charlton was poor well again uh, Patrick Bauer guilty of ball watching a little bit there and losing his man completely what a finish that would have been caught it superbly Tony and it was heading into the top right hand corner needed the acrobatics from Amos to tip it over chips it down the
6: line for Jose flicks inside to Fosu he's got a space to manoeuvre Fosu onto his right foot back out to his left still with it Fosu finds Jose on the edge of the penalty Jose chip shot over the bar but the space is getting there for Chone. Fosu at the heart of it
1: yeah that was nice to get it across here to lake and he's up against De Silva towards the edge of the Charlton penalty area into the Charlton penalty, it takes a shot, tipped oh, over blimey. by Amos. Adelaikin has really been a threat down this Charlton left-hand side. Yeah, he's been certainly unpredictable, The He's gone to clear it away, but only as far as De Silva. De Silva, ball That's inside ball. to Fosu. Fosu with a shooting opportunity. Oh, oh. just wide left at a post. Saw Instant t- shot, just the wrong side of the post. Yeah, and it will be for caski De Silva coming short. Instead, it comes into the box. It's a deep one. His body's there, headers there, headed away in the end before it can get to Pierce, who's scrambling backwards. Gives it back to Foster Kaski. He's got Fosu behind him. Fosu delivers it. No, he doesn't. Shape to deliver it. Still on it, Tariq Fosu. It's a shot. Shooting opportunity. Oh, oh straight at the keeper. Ben Amos is in the penalty area for Charlton as we can throw everybody forward. This has got to be the last chance saloon for Charlton. Needs a decent delivery from Foster Kaski. Gets a short one into Ben Reeves, into the penalty area. Nobody's looking at Ben Reeves. Takes a shot. Oh, teared away by Gilks another corner
6: surprised they play that one short but reason, of eh? base might have been better to just chip it in corner to Joan
1: again though, can they do it? forced to Kasky again with it everybody in the penalty area virtually it's a deep one, Bows coming for it nobody gets it, goes over everybody's head drops to Fosu, can he get it on his right foot takes on his left, oh just over the bar and you feel that's the moment gone And there is the final whistle. Charlton have gone down 1-0 here. And is that our playoff chances gone with it? Well, is it?
5: Terry asked the question, have our playoff chances gone with that result? I mean, we're now two points off the top six. We've got Plymouth, who've got a game in hand uh, on us, who uh, have two points more than us. Scunthorpe now also have two points more than us. We still have to play Portsmouth, who are outside of the top six. We still have to play Blackburn and Shrewsbury, who are within the top three, and then we go to relegation threat in Rochdale on the final day of the season. So every team's got something to play for um, that we've got to play. We're two points outside of the top six. Is it in our own hands, or is our season
3: over? Our season's not over. Um, I think there's been so much up and down this season. I think I'd be silly to say that's it done now. Um, uh, who knows? We could go on and easily win all our remaining games if we play like we did early, Boya. Um, or we could quite just as easily lose them all and be, be comfortably out of it. It's it's just been one of those seasons. I mean, earlier you used the word crazy to describe the league. It, it's, for me, it's just a terrible league. There, there are three teams that are far and away better than everybody else, and the fact that Scunthorpe, one, were as bad as they were yesterday and still got three points, and two, have been on such a poor run and are still in the playoffs, the fact we didn't win a game for about 14 years and still were hanging around the playoffs, it's just it's such a poor standard, and... uh. It's games like yesterday that show why we are where we are. We, if we'd have performed like we can do this season, we would have been the fourth solid team going up or fighting for the top two places. And we're just so inconsistent. And, and yesterday, for me, it was all just down to desire and a, a will to win. Uh, and Scunthorpe wanted it more.
5: Yeah, I mean, why, why do you think it's been like that this season? Why have we been so inconsistent? Because obviously we've seen... That you know that new manager bounce, if that's what you want to call it, ever mm. since Boja took over for the first three or four games. I mean, why has that suddenly gone away, and why did it ha- Why did the same thing happen with Carl Robinson? Why did we start so well and then
3: fall away? Yeah, it's bizarre. It is, and like Boja says it in his in his press conference yesterday, that he puts it down to tiredness. And I mean, I, I was fu- furious after the game with with the what looked like a lack of effort and desire, and uh, and I came out and said that, and I I, I can't put it down to to the players not caring because I just don't believe that they're that type of group. They just don't, they don't seem like that. And from people that we obviously get to speak to doing what we do, you know, you, you believe what they say. And I don't think they are like that. So I don't know if it's just tiredness. And obviously again, we come back to a small squad and, and I'm sure tiredness plays a part. I mean, again, Boja mentions about Forster Caskey yesterday. I thought he had a poor game yesterday, but mentions that he was struggling a bit with an injury and obviously he's played pretty much every single game, but it's the same for every team in this division, but perhaps they have slightly bigger squads and can rotate a bit more. Aside from that, I don't know. Is it the ownership? Is it the regime? Is it the what the, the atmosphere around the club? I, to me, they feel like excuses rather than reasons, and I can't put my finger on it. It doesn't sound like Boya can either, because he expected a reaction from Tuesday and didn't really get it. But I don't know. I mean, it keeps coming back to the fact that maybe it is that they just don't, they're not interested, or or think that the chance is gone. But then they come out in interviews and say, "No, we still think we can get there." So it's a tricky one. But as I say, yesterday it did. It just completely looked like it was two very poor sides. But Scunthorpe's players wanted it more, and it was the same at Wimbledon. Um, you know, we were second to every ball. Um, that you know, just when the ball goes up in the air, we were losing headers. We weren't competing, and those are the basic things that even for the first three games under Bowyer, they were doing.
5: Um, do, do you think there there was a, a case to say that perhaps uh scaffolding were very well drilled yesterday in terms of you know making it hard for us to break them down because i think it wasn't it wasn't until uh, Tariq Fosu came on. That we had, we started to have just the slightest sniffs, and it was the slightest sniffs. I mean, we heard our two best opportunities arguably came in that five minutes of added time at the end of the second half. Um, you know, Fosu is the sort of player who will run with the ball, take it past people. Whereas when we were trying to pass it around, I mean, Kai Kai wasn't really taking it past people for me. So when it was just trying to pass it around, they were just too organised for us to break down, and we had to try and think of something else.
3: Yeah, I think they were well drilled, and I think again, and it's a question I posed to Mark on Thursday show. I said, are we just? One of those teams that when a team are organised and and sit 10 behind the ball, that we can't break them down. And I think he he said that that is the case and and yesterday displayed that as well. But if we're a team that have aspirations of going up, and I think we are, now whether that's still going to happen or not, I don't know, you've got to be able to find a way to break those teams down. And if it's not working, you've got to try something else. But you know, for a long time we were criticised not having a plan B, but the, the player's plan B, if you like, is either launching it long which i just don't think works with the players we've got or just starting to pass sideways i mean how many times did our back four have it when we had 10 minutes left yesterday mm. and rather than trying to get the ball forward and trying something they were just not confident enough and they just went sideways and sideways and sideways and it's it's something we've seen for a couple of years now it doesn't matter the the personnel or the manager that's that's what <laughs> they do and uh and obviously if you're one hill down and you're doing that around amongst your back four it's never going to work and I do think Scunford came here with a game plan they got their goal and they sat back but teams are entitled to do that uh, and they worked hard enough to get themselves in front that by the time they then started to sit back it was fair enough I'd be fine if Charlton started to do that but mm. we just at the moment the last couple of games we can't seem to be creative, creative enough to get ourselves in front in the first place
5: mm. so obviously Lee is talking about you know tiredness within the players so I think that that sort of helps make his decision in terms of rotating of the full backs mm. now if we're hearing in our interview in a few minutes time he says pretty much that's the only place he can yeah, rotate yeah. now. So, so we did see that. So uh, Page rested completely, Conza dropping to the bench, dick still De Silva coming back in. I mean, obviously it's great to be able to rotate your full-backs, but that, does that say at all that that is pretty much the only position yeah. that we can?
3: Yeah, and as I say, I, I I don't want to look for excuses for this group. Uh, I like the group of players that we've got and, and I really want them to do well. And as I say, I do on the whole think they care, but I'm not going to defend performances like yesterday, really, because it's not good enough. But... I think tiredness does play some, some part. Um, I thought Konza, I just don't particularly like him at right-back. I think he struggled on Tuesday night. Um, what was annoying then is that Dick Steele, who performed so well in his last game, I didn't think had a brilliant game yesterday. And similarly with De Silva, who for a lot of people is certainly up there as potential player of the year. Um, again, just didn't really do enough yesterday. Um, and I'm not going to just single players out because as I say, across the board, you and apart from Fossu when he came on and probably Amos can't really pick out many good performances from yesterday Mm. but that is an issue um it is an issue but we've started to get players back over the last few weeks and whilst there are still areas like defensive midfield where there's not a lot of of room to to switch things up up front there is for example and gyro has gone completely off the boil so we bring mcginnis on mcginnis for the last couple of games hasn't really done anything either jose obviously rested on tuesday came in to start Couldn't argue he's done too much. Mavadidi played Tuesday, then gets rested, comes off the bench, doesn't do a huge amount. Reeves the same. So, over the last, and again, it is only the last two games because before, the three games before that, they've been fantastic. No one's really showered themselves in glory. And there are positions across the squad where they have had chances.
5: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there that Jose came in for for because obviously Steffi started up top. Up. Yeah. Uh, AFC Wimbledon didn't really you know, do enough there, other than the first maybe ten minutes yeah. he seemed to run past a couple of people. I was watching on the stream. Um, now the other the other striker Zyro kept his place. I mean, he did. You know, he came in for a bit of criticism after the AFC Wimbledon game kept his place so and I imagine he'll probably come in for very similar criticism after after that game as well yesterday because it didn't, the ball just didn't seem to stick to him like, like it has done when he was playing well.
3: That's, yeah, that's exactly the thing I was about to say, it just doesn't and we didn't see that so much with Scunthorpe yesterday uh, although Ivan Tony p- played a little bit like <coughs> that but particularly against Wimbledon when they had Lyle Taylor, the, the stark difference between the two was huge and... Every time it went up to Taylor, he was big. He held the ball up and he laid it off, which is what Gyro, as you say, has done in the past and can do. But when it's not running for you, it's not running for you. And, and I thought he looked tired on Tuesday and fully expected him to to be rested on Saturday um, or yesterday, sorry. Boya, I think Boya likes him, uh, knows what he can do in terms of finishing. I mean, we've seen that with his, his finish against Rotherham a couple of weeks ago. But I don't know, For for me... Even when McGuinness came on, as I say, he didn't do a huge amount. But he, the ball stuck to him a little bit better. And I just think maybe Jairo needs a rest. He hasn't mm. played a lot of football over the last year. He is still recovering from an injury. And no matter how good his finishing is, he needs to be on form to, to get in the right positions. And last couple of games, he just, just hasn't really looked at the races. Yeah,
5: because I think I said that on our Love Sports show last Monday, actually, that I feel that Zyro was due a rest just because mm-hmm. obviously he has had so long out. And then I think even at the Bristol Rovers game as well, he didn't really, really set the world alight. Uh, which was interesting to see. Now, I mean, the, the way the game started is, is a little bit end to end. I think, yeah, you know, a couple of corners each side. But I mean, in terms of like, you know, we were we were hoping for a reaction from that AFC Wimbledon game. I mean, I'd say after about twenty minutes in, you're thinking, ah, no, I, I don't think we're seeing one here.
3: Yeah, yeah, it had a very similar feel. And, and as you say, twenty minutes in, I would say maybe even a little bit earlier, it was very quick to me that it it had the feel of that the Wimbledon game. Um, obviously, having been at both, and it just. It just felt the same. It just felt like, as I say, I don't know what, what the reasoning is, but we were just second to everything. And 50-50 balls, we were always losing out. Long balls or, or high balls, we were losing the header. Um, everything that was you know, split between two people, they were making the tackle, they were making the pass. And watching Match of the Daily last night, uh, there was a team on there. I can't. It might have been Chelsea. And they showed in the first half how... Their midfield was so slow and kind of jogging back and tracking back and second to everything. And then in the second half, they were completely different. And that's what our team have been like in terms of Boya's first three games and the last two. Those first three games, they were first to everything. They were quick. They were on it. They were hunting down. They were putting everything into winning. The last couple of games, they just haven't. And there's no excuse for that as far as I can see. If you are tired, then maybe. But, you know, they're professional athletes. They should be fit enough to to get through games and at least show that they're trying and it, it just didn't come across like that. We were just second to everything. It was it was so disappointing.
5: There was a couple of warning signs sort of early on in the game that the defence were going to be a bit mm. prone to falling asleep and we saw, we saw that free kick early doors where <coughs> Adjeluken's ball went towards the far post where I think it was Clark who was sort of unmarked and volleyed it Should off have target. Done and then, I mean, it, the, the game did actually burst into a flurry of excitement on 19 minutes, was a chance at both ends because Adi Lucan had broken through on on the right hand side, completely um, unmarked. I mean, Richard Corley's always tweeting about how if you look at how far forward Charlton's fallbacks are being yeah. asked to go. There's always going to be that spacing behind, and and uh, Haki who was a very busy player for them yesterday. Uh, quite often exploited that, so we had that one on one from the angle that Aim was safe, and we went straight down the other end. And ironically, one of our better chances came from a yeah. bit of play breaking down, where I think a Jose and whoever it was tried to tried to play a ball to each other. It broke down, but then a, a lucky deflection came back to Nicky, and he stung the palms of uh, was it Matt Gilks uh, from from about twenty five yards. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it it was a really slow start to the game. In so much as that minute where something happened at both ends really stood out.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly right. And I mean, <coughs> we're then going to spend the next few minutes talking about the rest of the game, and we're coming back to that as one of our better chances. And it was uh, I described it as bottling an opportunity yesterday because, as I say, Scunthorpe were there for the taking. They, they were not a good side either. Um, and, and as I say, the fact they're in the playoffs or the playoff hunt with us is it, just astonishing uh, for either of us, to be honest but um, yeah it did exactly have that feel and we just looked like we were relying on something like that a little breakaway or a little bit of luck and those those games where we were uh, as I say I wasn't at Northampton but I saw the Plymouth and I saw the Rotherham games okay the scorelines weren't massive uh, in those two games I know Northampton's slightly different but we looked like an exciting attacking threat when we were going forward we looked like we were going to create chances all game and yesterday even five minutes in you could just tell that wasn't going to be the case and it's, as I say, such a transformation from those games, and I see why people are now writing us back off again, but as I say, there's still for me there's still a couple of twists and turns left, despite the fact that we've got a, a very tough next few games
5: I mean part of the fact that we're not creating many chances yesterday will be down to the fact that obviously we're missing Tariq Fosu, and I' sort of wondering earlier if we're a bit too reliant on him, but he's got yeah. a placement at the moment, Sulu really Kaikai. Kai, now, after his performance at, at Wimbledon uh, there was a lot of fans saying. They, they felt he shouldn't have be, been, you know, that, that was all the tweets I was seeing yesterday when, when team news came out. Everyone was asking why Kaikai is still playing. I mean, do you think there was cause to rotate him? Because I don't think Marshall was even
3: on the bench. No, he wasn't. And, and Boyer comes out and says that that was because he needed Kashi on the bench because of the forced to injury. So he needed to free up a spot. But yeah, I I said it, I think I said it last week that I'd have had Marshall starting on Tuesday night. Um, Obviously didn't. Uh, Kaikai I thought was poor then Uh, and then again as you say for him to not then play this weekend either um, it's just bizarre for me Um, obviously Kaikai's come from a higher level he's come with a a slight reputation I wouldn't say he's been a world beater anywhere he's gone but he's supposed to be this quick exciting attacking player you know the same sort of mould as uh, Fosu but he's just not done it Uh, and for me if it's not working it's the same with Gyro okay maybe he's on the brink of a world cup squad and he comes with this huge reputation but there are games where those people just don't work and if, if that's the case you need to hook him and you need to go with somebody else josh has come in for criticism earlier this season marshall i was a huge critic of for the first half of the season but the way it's going at the moment if we come on to talk about tuesday night why not go with those two because at the moment Jairo and Kai Kai, the last few games haven't really offered anything i wouldn't have said
5: mm. uh the goal came on 31 minutes for uh uh, for, for Scunny now I mean people talk about a hint of offside I was at, I was at this party last night where a lot of Charlton fans were at and we were all talking about whether it was offside now I've only seen it back on the little Sky Sports app on a tiny screen and it's not the best of angles I just wonder if Bauer was playing him on in the middle so I'm gonna to have to see that again before I can really confirm I mean did you have a view on that whether it might have been a touch-off
3: at the time uh, the bloke in front of me who gets very animated was standing up so I couldn't see the ball come across so I don't know um, and I haven't seen it back yet so no i i had no complaints i think we defended it poorly um if we were trying to play him offside whatever it must have been tight um so we can't rely on rely on that um but it it was just a poor goal to concede um i i don't i know they'd had a couple of chances that side already um i don't want to grate too much on the fullbacks one because i think over the the course of the season particularly Jay De, little jada silver sorry mm. he uh has been one of our better players um, and also because, as you said, the the work they're being asked to do in an attacking sense obviously leaves that space exposed. But again, it goes back to that the change from the last three games, and we were probably coming in here after that Monday game and the Thursday after, and talking about Bower and Pierce as two of our most reliable players. We're talking about Jade Silver, little Jada Silver, as potential player of the year. After that, Pierce makes a mistake against Bristol Rovers. We're one 0 down. Bauer makes a mistake against Wimbledon. We're one nil down, and then the, the fullback gets exposed, and um, we misplay or don't quite play our offside trap right, and we go one nil down again. And it's it's three times in three games. Um, are the midfield helping out enough? Is it tiredness? Is it lack of concentration? I don't know. But it's it's such a big difference from where we were three games ago, and I, I just I'm not really sure what the answer is in terms of changing it and whether we now. You know, do we, you know, stick a Nabi Sarr, stick a Harry Lennon in? Is that the answer? I, I wouldn't say so because I think the two that are in there are, are the the best players for the job. It's just a case of things going right for us again, and it, 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 we could quite easily go to Shrewsbury on Tuesday and win. It's just, uh, just the last two games in particular, the the performances just haven't been good enough.
5: Because mm, especially the reaction to that goal, we know, it's not like we suddenly burst no, into life after no. going a goal behind. And that's you know, ideally, ideally, what you. You'd want to see. I mean, I am looking at. I am looking at chances. I've written down. I see nothing in that first half. No,
3: uh, I think uh, I don't know. Was there two shots on target yesterday? Oh, Maybe because uh, yeah. I I don't think we've had more than two or three Two on target. Yeah, okay, and I don't think we had any at Wimbledon unless you counting Pierce against the post, which I don't think you can. So, two shots on target in two games, one against a relegation threatened team, and one against a team we should be bang up for because we're fighting for a playoff place with them, mm. and you know. Uh, I wouldn't even understand, to be honest, if we were playing someone like 12th or 13th in the league. But when you're coming up against these teams, they seem to be able to get up for it. As I say, Scunthorpe were not a good side at all, but they managed to work hard and they put the effort in and they got themselves in front. Wimbledon weren't a good side either, but they got in our faces, they did all the basic things right and they got themselves in front as well. I I don't understand why we can't be that team. When we're good, we're really good and we blow teams away. But when we're poor, we can't seem to figure out the answers to, to break a team down and beat them and, and that's the frustrating thing and we obviously are going to need to be that good side again for the next few games because if we're not then then the playoffs are definitely not going to be mm. be happening for us.
5: Yeah, start of the second half. We nearly saw a goal, uh, the quality of which would have looked very much out of place in <laughs> League One. The superb volley uh, from Ivan Tony, who got the Scunthorpe goal in the first half from from a long ball. Sean Bartlett-ish, mm. not quite Sean Bartlett-esque, because uh, it was probably an easier one because he sort of hit its laces and that. But um, uh, a decent save from Amos, and that's when uh, that's when um, Lee sort of played his hand. He made a double sub recently early on, really, for 53rd minute, Fosu. And McGuinness coming on, Zyra and Kaikar, the two players we've yeah. discussed already, uh, going off. Now, I mean, Fosu, for me, did make a, a bit of a difference, but not quite enough, really.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll give Bowyer a lot of credit, actually. Because, <coughs> and again, we, we talked about this on Thursday, Martin Newbury saying, you know, if you're, gonna, if you're disappointed with your performance, you throw caution to the wind and you do it. You make two or three subs in one go. You don't just drip, drip, drip them in over the course of the second half. And... uh and this game, he did do that. And maybe he learned from his mistakes on Tuesday night. Maybe he just had enough of it. But he went, no, nah, this isn't good enough. I'm hooking those two. I'm putting two players on. Uh, I don't want to blame Fosu at all. I think he was just marked out of the game. There was rare that he had less than three players on him at all times. I think he did what he could. And when he did, 99% of the time, he managed to get away from the three players marking him. There was just nobody to help him. And that was certainly the feeling around where I was sitting. There were, people were asking other players to, to offer themselves and give him give him options because he was cutting it back inside and then he was having to go right across the field to Jigsteel on the other side and then he was getting crowded out um, McGuinness he didn't really do enough or get enough service for me to really judge his performance at all um, now partly that's down to him to try and get more but I don't just don't think the service was there it wasn't like we were getting to the edge of the box and failing to find him we just didn't didn't even try and hit him at all um, when we did go long a couple of times he actually won his headers so he he did all he could but uh, again no one no one covered themselves in glory ap- apart from Ben Amos who made some fantastic saves to, to try and keep us in it
5: yeah because he had to do that I mean because when, when Fossey first came on he, there was just that little run that set up a Joe's edge of the mm. box and he called it just over I thought right here we go we're, yeah. we're going to start getting back into it but for the, for the rest of the game until the last 5-10 minutes it was Amos saving from Adjelukin a couple of times you know it's for looking to hit us on a counter attack and Charlton not breaking them down at all I mean Mabadili came on with 15 minutes left to go but I mean I can barely remember one of his trademark runs yesterday and that's what we were hoping for
3: yeah no there wasn't any and it's sometimes when you're here um, and we, we're a goal down or even if we're level that second half that the, the North stand really does become like a 12th man and the noise that it can generate it almost sucks the ball into that goal and, and we've done it time and time again I mean QPR at home with, with Jacko's header is a prime example of a game like that but it, it's happened several times and and yesterday it just didn't just didn't feel like that and, and I don't think it was for want of try from the fans at all and we were we were getting to not even to the final third and we were just making stupid mistakes or the options weren't there or, or Scunthorpe were crowding us out and as I say, I do give Scunthorpe a little bit of credit for the way they set up, but but it wasn't like they were a good side, you know. It wasn't like when Shrewsbury came here or Wigan came here and they picked us apart. It was it was just a very uh, rigid performance, a tactical performance, and and it worked. And we, as I say, we couldn't find the answers to break them down, and we're going to have to to be a team like that. You know, we're not a team that's struggling in the in the Championship who have to just find any way to win. We're a, a big team. You know, teams are are coming to us and I don't think expecting to lose but they certainly see us as one of the bigger clubs in this division so they tactically set up to to combat what they think will be one of the better performances and we just haven't really found a way to deal with that and, mm. and again yesterday we come up against a difficult team and, and they just just were better than us That's yeah. the, that was the problem
5: so finally when it got to sort of kitchen sink time Fossil had a, an effort just before uh, we got into injury time then in, in, in the actual five minutes of added time we, he had the shot from outside the area that seemed somehow snaked its way through uh, the box and didn't take a nick off anyone that, that would have wrong for it the goalkeeper and went straight into Gilks's hands we had that corner that we took short. Well, as soon as he took that short, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But then Reeves did get a half decent effort away. I think that was but, the only other one on target. Yeah, wasn't it, yeah which was then turned behind. And then from that resulting corner, Fossu found him at the far post, hit it over the bar, and that was it. That was the final whistle. Um, and, you know, I mean, in terms of like, psychologically, you know, with four games left to go, now we're back out of those playoff places. I mean, that's a massive blow, no matter which way you look at it. Yeah,
3: yeah, because we worked hard to get ourselves back in it. And- <laughs> With all the chaos that's going on behind the scenes in terms of a takeover happening or not, with with (laughs) Robbo seeming to sort of walk out, with Boya coming in, there was so much upheaval. And Boya then came in, put them back to basics, we won three games, we got ourselves back in the playoffs. (coughs) We did did everything right and it's almost like this team is then designed to let us down because we, we didn't need to do a huge amount in those remaining games. Destiny was back in our own hands and as soon as that comes around, is it the pressure, is it... I don't know what it is but we've just jumped back out of the playoffs again it was the same was it under Robinson that we we went back in the playoffs briefly for like a day and then we were back <laughs> out of it again because we yeah. threw a game away I think it was I can't remember exactly but yeah and, and we just seem to keep doing it and, and as I say when we were on our day we were a team that would be in that along with those top three teams comfortably uh, That that's how big a difference it is um, they find a way when they're not having a good game to still get results uh, and we can't do that and yeah just little things like at the end there where we had those corners now the short one I was like you I was like oh no but actually worked out alright but how many corners just didn't beat the first man again yeah. that's, that's something we've come back to again and again and again and again Forster Kasky's a good set piece taker we see him get free kicks in and set up goals all the time he did the one for Arebo the other week but then we get a corner in a bit high pressure situation it doesn't beat the first man and just little basic things like that you can't afford to do it That they're the chances we really need when our, when we're down on our luck and you get a set piece you think right well this at least they can have no say in how we do this all you've got to do is get the ball around the penalty spot and we just can't do it again and as you say the, the whistle went and that was it and I mean the fans voiced their uh, their anger a lot of it aimed at the referee um, who I thought was poor but I, I don't think that's an excuse at all I think the team were poor as well and, and I don't think we deserved anything from the game
5: right let's hear what Lee Boyer had to say after yesterday's game uh, we'll come to your tweets and emails so don't forget if you want to have your say uh, you can email us studio at CharltonLive.co.uk, you can tweet us at Live. Uh you can head over to the Charlton Live forum, have your say on yesterday's game, have your say on what Lee Bowyer came in to say to Terry exclusively for Charlton Live after yesterday's defeat.
2: Joined by Lee Bowyer in the studio after uh, another disappointing and fr- frustrating afternoon, Lee.
4: Yep, that's for sure. Uh, obviously that's the first one we've lost at home since I've been in charge and... So to the players, like it's completely like two completely different teams from the Plymouth and Rotherham team to one we just see today. There's only like one or two changes from the team, which you could argue no no two player make that much of a difference. Like the whole energy and uh, like the the way we move the ball everything just seemed sluggish to me. Um, and, and that's what I said to the lads, you know, just, today wasn't good enough, maybe they're tired, I think they're tired, like, especially the midfield three. Um, they, they looked really tired to me, that's why I took Ben Reeves off on Tuesday, he just looked shattered on Tuesday, you know. But, Kashi's just come back into the squad, so hopefully I might be able to freshen something up, and give at least one of them a little break. Um, but, yeah, there's only four games to go and you can't just keep getting blood out of a stone, you know. You, there has to come a point when you've got to try and change them around. But they've been doing so well for me, you know, and, and there is no one else to put in there. So just, it's like you're banging your head against a brick wall. But I'm disappointed with the result and, and the performance. I think mean, their goal was a bad goal to give away of we've got two centre halves I've said to him we've got two centre halves on the pitch marking one striker how hey, does one striker score against two centre halves which just shouldn't be possible little Jay should stay with the runner the, the, the winger trying to play offside they're saying he might have been offside but it doesn't matter stay with the runner first so things that we haven't done in previous games you know which is the most frustrating thing for me and then when we was in possession it just seemed sluggish and in other games we've moved I've taken a on the way. Other games we've been moving the ball quick and and hurting teams. You know when we win it, it's first pass forward and and playing between the lines and but today it just seemed like it, it was just dead. You know so that's the most frustrating thing for me.
2: Is there a couple of <coughs> sort of plausible explanations whereby there's on the one side you've you know, the, the, the guys put in such a shift in that four game period that the intensity was there and it's a case of they've sort of hit a bit of a brick wall because of that. Or maybe because four games or six games ago when you first joined maybe the level of expectancy wasn't as there as it is now and and perhaps that level of expectancy has come back and so maybe players are tightening up a bit?
4: I would probably lean more to the first suggestion you made. Um, Again, because of the work rate that I've demanded from them (coughs) it's been tough, you know? They're uh, results, their distances and everything have been a lot higher than what they've been in previous games before I took over. So the demand has increased, and to go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, it's going to have an effect. That's why I've tried to rotate the full-backs because that's the only position really that I'm I'm strong that I'm able to rotate. So for the for the lads that are just bombing up and down and putting that sort of shift in so obviously the midfield lads are as well but I don't have the luxury of rotating them otherwise I would have done trust me
2: we got a game Tuesday you mentioned Saturday Tuesday <laughs> doesn't get any easier because we've got to go again Tuesday um, how difficult is it to pick the boys up to uh, uh, I mean whereas before we had it in our own hands now we're sort of relying on other results but you've still got to keep going obviously
4: yeah I don't think we have to rely on other results um, I still believe it's in our hands we've got to go to Portsmouth so, yeah, we go to Shrewsbury on Tuesday. It's going to be tough. We have four games and we have to win minimum of three. So, you can cut down, cut that down how you like. I think if we go to Portsmouth, then I think um, and win, which I, I think we're capable of doing, then uh, I think that that the ball will be back in our court then.
2: You brought Tariq on quite early. Was that uh, earlier than you'd hoped or planned because of uh, because of his timeout and of course Akmeche on the bench? Hopefully, is is a possibility for for Tuesday. But would normally you'd have liked to have kept uh, Tariq off the bench until then?
4: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I couldn't start him when I had to start him, because um, he just come back from obviously his, his injury. But yeah, I didn't want to bring him on as early as I did. But when you. When you need to score, then at the moment I think he's he's our, our biggest danger, like our biggest threat, you know, going forward. So, but got to be careful with him because I'm I'm looking at seven games to go, not four. So I don't want to lose him for games later on, you know. But at the same time, we have to win them games to get to them other ones. So it's a, it's a bit of a juggling act, but. Um, yeah, I thought he'd done OK when he come on. Could have released it a bit quicker at times, but I think he at least he lifted the place a bit.
2: And, uh, <coughs> almost could have got back in it at the, the final throws. There was a hint of a penalty appeal that uh, a referee probably didn't give us a lot all game, but I wouldn't suggest not the reason we lost necessarily, but uh, didn't, <laughs> didn't exactly
4: do us a lot of favours today. No, the ref um, didn't give us much. For me, it looked like the fella just blocked Pat as he went to go and win the header. Coming around the back post, but yeah, no, we didn't get much today. To be fair, I think Wimbledon we didn't get much. I think Bristol Rovers, we didn't get much. Um, I think teams are just kicking us off the park at times, you know, because we've got some tricky players. And I said that to the ref before the game, like, please just try and protect the players a bit, you know, because every time they go past someone, they seem to be getting fouled and. I said it's having an effect like this They keep getting all these knocks all the time But that never worked (laughs) Because he didn't give us nothing But that's not the reason why we lost We lost because We just didn't Work hard enough Out of possession to win the ball back And when we did get the ball back We Just give it away too sloppily And um, that's why we didn't win today
2: we got uh, another tough one on uh, Shrewsbury, also a tough physical side, uh, would you be tempted to try and go up there with a slightly different game plan because you, you know, most games that uh, you've been in charge of we've gone for it uh, with with a fairly forward-thinking outlook, would that be something you might think to, to maybe rein in a bit at uh, Shrewsbury?
4: Um, I'm going to have to make changes for sure because our, like you see today our side is tiring um, so I will definitely make some changes. Uh formation wise I'm gonna watch Shrewsbury tonight when I get home. And then have a look and see what, what would be the best way to play. Um to play against them, but I've got a good idea how I'm gonna start anyway. And um yeah, it's a good it'll be a good opportunity. To bring some fresh legs in the into the side.
2: Well, obviously we should like uh, Shrewsbury we and uh, hopefully bring some uh, bring the rejuvenation back in that uh, <laughs> we saw in the early uh, early part of your uh, your managerial career.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
6: Occupying that left-hand side at the moment, little step over onto his left foot. Marshall, ball in the box is good, and Rebo first out, Oh, what a goal. lovely finish! Oh, oh what a goal! Joe Rebo gives Charlton the lead. Great ball in from Mark Marshall on the left-hand side, chips it in, and Rebo with a calm left-footed volley. Have found the bottom right corner, and Charlton have the lead.
5: So welcome back, Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. On your Sunday evening, that was the Addicts caretaker boss, you You're speaking exclusively to Charlton Live with uh, with Terry Smith after yesterday's uh, game. We had a tweet in, actually, from Brian Haynes. who said, if anyone has some cough sweets, and Charlton Live desperately needs them, You could even hear me coughing in the background of the boat interview, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, I am struggling a bit this evening. I've, I've had horrible man flu. Uh, and rather than resting it off, I've been walking around Krakow all week and then it's walking nice 10 thought, miles. Yeah, well, yeah, then walking 10 miles for the upbeats as well yesterday, so... Uh, I'm knackered, uh, right? I mean, uh, that's that's you there. Um, it's fairly it's it made sense what he said. I guess he, he admitted that we were poor. He's questioning whether it's tiredness or or what, and you know, talking about you can't get blood out of a stone in terms of trying to get much more out of these players. But we I mean, were at that end of the season, now we desperately need as much as
3: possible out of these players. Mm. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's very honest, um, like Carl. Unlike Carl, he doesn't talk about it for twenty minutes. He just says it how it is. Takes a couple of minutes. And just gets it done. He, he said we were sluggish. He said everything pretty much we'd said, but perhaps not quite to the same extent. Certainly not as, uh, as the same extent I said straight after the game yesterday. But yeah, he said, look, we weren't good enough. We were we were tired, and uh, but as you say, we we can't afford that now. And it's it's very easy to sit here and say, look, they've only got four or five games left. They can put everything into it. Uh, it's different doing it on the pitch. And if it if it is tiredness, then. Rotation is our only option um, in terms of trying to get as much back into their legs as, as we can. But um, yeah, I think he he said everything right. He, he wanted a reaction, he didn't get it. He can't say much more than we're going to go again Tuesday and try and do it there instead. And as I say, I wouldn't put it past us if we turn up to them, to them winning at Shrewsbury. But mm. we're going to need a good performance from the boys, definitely.
5: Carl Bratton tweeted me last night actually saying uh, one for tomorrow. How does Lee Bowyer go back to the new managerial bounce because the last two games have been just as bad as under Carl Robinson. And What, what does Bowyer do in the next 48 hours to make sure that we don't put in the performance that we've seen over the last two games and we get the reaction that he asked for after AFC Wimbledon but didn't get?
3: Yeah, I, I don't know really. I think, as I say, rotation for one. I think against Wimbledon uh, and I think I said this on, on Thursday show I felt he, he didn't set up quite right uh, against Wimbledon I thought we were tactically not quite there and that's not the only reason we lost by the way but I think that that did play a part Uh, I think he got his tactics right yesterday it's just the performance wasn't good enough so I don't think he's doing necessarily a huge amount wrong Um, again Tuesday night I don't think his subs were perfect but he, he recognized that and changed things up again yesterday okay the subs didn't work but I think his his rationale for doing what he did again made sense so I think on the whole he's doing things right and you would think even if he was just here as a firefighting manager, getting players fired up, you'd think it would last longer than three games. So mm. uh, that's what, the the more we talk about it, the more I think tiredness is, is becoming a factor. But if that's the case, as I say, the only thing he can really do is rotate. So if uh, Jairo is, is tired, put McGuinness in. If Kai Kai is, is tired, then... Put Fosu in, um, or Mavadidi wide instead of up front. We do have options. I know we've not got the options that we we want, um, and we've certainly got the op- not got the options that we need over a full season. But you know, it's too late for any of that now. We've got to go with what we've got, uh, and there are players there that can come in and make a difference. And I think maybe he just needs to to do that a little bit um, for Tuesday night, and I, I think he probably will do.
5: Right, so you guys uh, turn to have your say on tonight's Charlton Live. Don't forget, it's not too late as well. You can email the studio at CharltonLive.co.uk. You can tweet us. Uh, Charlton Live. The Charlton Life Forum has a thread uh, on uh, for tonight's show. If you want to have your say about what went down in sc 7 yesterday, Sarah, looking to the future, says, uh, and I won't reveal the score because I don't want to ruin match today for anyone, but if you look at today's Premier League results, then maybe, just maybe we can win the remaining games. Anything can happen uh, in the world of football, and I certainly hope that is the, uh, the case. Right, uh, tweets that, that started coming in. Uh, today CFC facts and stats said new manager bounce has to come to an end same happened when Powell took over four wins on the spin at the start and then a horrible run thereafter I think we went about 13 games without yeah. winning uh, he says uh, back then the players weren't good, good enough uh, the current lot have no excuse we should be in the top three I mean are, 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 is our current squad good enough to have been performing top three have we got a, a squad that's as good as Blackburn Wiggins,
3: Shrewsbury squad no but the way that our top players play, then yes, I think we do. Um, <coughs> I think we do need a bit more depth. Um, I, look, I don't think injuries have been kind to us, but again, that's not an excuse. But, uh, you know, if if we'd have had the likes of Billy Clark fit, if, if we'd have been up there and therefore kept Ricky Holmes, I think, yeah, we, we had a good enough team, certainly, to get into the top three places. Um, I don't necessarily think we would have been guaranteed automatic, but we certainly would have been comfortable for playoffs. Those things haven't gone our way. Um, a Combination of factors as to why that's happened, but uh, it is—it's it's squad depth, and again, that—that's something that's, that's happened ever since Duchatelet's been in charge. And and I didn't—you know—that's—that's that's never changed. We, it was obvious we needed a striker from day one, and, and we never got one. So, yeah, I think on paper that that first eleven, uh, where possible, I think they're they're more than good enough. I just don't think we've had, we've had the squad depth throughout the season, and that's why we've seen the likes of you know lapses out of performance and in things like the checker trade, Cummins has had a performance. And we've had players that have come in and from from all sorts of places and and played. And full credit to those players for doing it. I think some of them have deserved their chance. But but we've kind of been forced to do it yet again because our squad's been not invested in as much as it needed to be. I
5: asked uh, on Twitter earlier on in the afternoon, why have the wheels come off in the last few days? And uh, London, Nick said, it's easy, it's Sully kai kai. Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously he hasn't performed I guess you can't really put all the blame on one specific player but when you're looking for a, a flair a player to try and create some chances and he's not really been doing it
3: Yeah, and when you're looking for a, a scapegoat or, or someone to blame then obviously a Palace player is, is going to be first on your list and I think uh, T- Mike Tyson's got, he's got a point there um, Kai Kai hasn't been good enough I think what we expected him to bring and what he actually has brought are, are two very, very different things I, I agree with you I don't think you can put all the blame at one person's door um, but he hasn't been good enough um, and when Fosu came on yesterday Fossu's just come back from an injury he had three players marking him for the majority of the time he was on the pitch he did far more or attempted far more than Kai, Kai ever did and I don't know with Kai, Kai whether it's just confidence or what but uh, as we said when he first came in uh, as a Palace player he's going to have to hit the ground running because he's going to have that hanging over his head now for me personally as I've said uh, several times on the show it doesn't necessarily bother me but there are plenty of fans it does and completely accept why that's the case so he needed to hit the ground running I don't think he has and I think he's, he's not warranted his place for a few games now and yet keeps getting picked so that's one easy one for Boya to, to change on Tuesday night in my opinion.
5: David Jarvis says forget systems and formation what we just witnessed with a group of players passively watching their most important game of the season pass them by no excuses that's the worst way to lose a game lack of effort, lack of energy and passion gutless Springs to mind. In fairness, I think you were saying you were tweeting pretty much the same stuff <laughs> about five o'clock yesterday, weren't you?
3: Yeah, I was just going to try and look at exactly what I said. I don't know how much of I can repeat, but uh, yeah, lack of hunger and desire, disgrace, pathetic. It bottled an amazing opportunity, and it's that last point I come back to. Scunthorpe were not a good side. Scunthorpe don't deserve to be in the playoffs any more than we do. But we we just didn't take our chance. We didn't turn up. It's the same against Wimbledon. You know, Look at the games we've lost, the likes of Gillingham. We, we, lost to Plymouth, we lost to Gillingham twice, I think. We lost to Plymouth. OK, they've picked up now, but we lost to Plymouth when they were shocking. We, we've lost a lot of poor games this season. The game we threw away to Oxford here, there are too many times that that has happened this season and that's why I'm not going to say we don't deserve to be in the playoffs because we deserve it as much as any of the other those teams. I don't think any of us do, really. I think they should just promote those those top three and get on with it because the rest of us are lucky to be where we are. But it is, it's just and as I say I don't think it's that they don't care it's just that it just didn't It they didn't give us anything to cheer about yesterday they didn't give us anything to to get behind and, and that was as a fan when you come here obviously that's one of the most disappointing things you can forgive things when they just don't go your way but when it looks like they're not trying it, it's difficult to forgive that and that's to me how it came across yesterday
5: I asked what was needed uh, for Lee Bowyer to turn the form around in the last four games of the season Oliver Wilson said we need a miracle uh, John Agambar says, "I'm reserving my thoughts on the season till it's done and dusted." However, Boyer's post mortem on the club website was spot on, in my opinion. He needs to be able to recruit his type of players if he stays on. I was thinking about this actually yesterday on the way on the way home from the game. It's like, uh, you know, I think Boyer's always very has come across very honest in his in his interviews so far. Like he doesn't seem very reserved. He speaks a lot slower than Cole <laughs> does, but he's not he's not reserved. He, he sort of yeah, you know, tells it how it is and I
3: imagine he's very honest with the players in the dressing room as well. Yeah, you would think so. And like I say, he's he's very similar to Carl in that way in that he he says what he thinks and he he's honest and open about how he sees the game. He he's very different in many ways. As you say, he speaks a lot slower and says three words where Carl would say 303. Mm. But he is honest and I mean, as I said on Thursday show, we saw him up close and personal on Tuesday night and I was worried for Tell having to interview him after that game because you could see how much that hurt him and how angry he was and you'd expect him to be giving that to the players too. But I mean, when they walk off on Tuesday night and Saturday, and yesterday, you can't tell me that they didn't know that that wasn't good enough. Uh, you know, you see the way that they, they finished the game. I mean, Pierce, uh, you know, he, I think, was straight to the floor yesterday. He was gutted and and there are a few players like that but I'm sure they were walking off that pitch knowing that they, they hadn't done enough and, and deserved I think in my opinion to to lose that game
5: mm. James Moyniard tweeted straight away after the game yesterday really disappointed after today the players aren't up for the fight for the playoffs uh, back to Robo ways of backwards and sideways all too slow when we speed things up we make chances could count on one hand today how many times we did that I mean is it a case of you know, in a way, in a way that the four-two-three-one got found out, and people were defending, making it very difficult for us. Is it almost the same things happened now with the four-four-two, and do we do we now need to think about, well, maybe we should switch it up again, or
3: is that too much upheaval in the way we play? I don't think it's as simplistic as saying, right, this formation doesn't work either. But when was it Plymouth? Boya's first game, and he he said. He looked at what they were doing and he said, right, a diamond's going to combat that and I've watched them and, and this is the way to play against them. And that tactically, it worked down to a tee. And then we, he then said from that game, I'm going to go away and I'm going to watch videos of, of Northampton. Uh, and obviously, we then run out 4-0 winners there. And if he's still doing that, I, I don't know what's changed. Now, both against Wimbledon and uh, against Gunthorpe yesterday, he's mentioned the, the three midfielders. So it, it's not a, a flat 4-4-2. Uh, to me, it still seems more of a diamond in that he's counting the three as the holding and then the two, and then you've got one at the tip of the diamond. And that's perhaps why the fullbacks are then getting exposed as well. Obviously, every manager is going to have their chosen formation, but I do wonder whether he's perhaps not doing as much tactically as, as he could. Is he? How much is he looking at the opposition? And I get you shouldn't change a style for everybody. You should try and impose your own style on them, but our own style hasn't worked for the last two games uh, now I'm not saying that 4-4-2 is wrong in the same way that I never said 4-2-3-1 was the wrong formation, it just wasn't working if that's the case he needs to change something up and it, it goes back to the earlier tweet about Bo you trying to find the, the new manager bounce again uh, one thing he can do is change personnel and I think he needs to do that certainly for Tuesday but also he could change things tactically as well but obviously it needs to be the right thing there's no point changing for change sake you need to look at what the opposition are going to do and you need to find the best way to combat that and if his 4, four, two, four, four two diamond whatever it is is what he thinks is best then he's going to go with that
5: Yeah, uh, Baz Johnster on the chat Life forum says uh, referring to Lee Bayer's interview with Terrio, saying wow that was one hell of an interview taken from the book of motivational and inspirational speeches no doubt I don't know if he's being slightly sarcastic <laughs> there uh, Chappers says I've said for weeks now that the points dropped against uh, Blackpool home and away Milton Keynes dons uh oxford and doncaster away may well cost us game management in those games were poor and i'm sure there's, yeah, there's plenty of games throughout the course of the season that we can look at you know particularly that spell where we went for three or four games conceding in the last mm. 10 minutes every game yeah uh where, where where if we don't make it we can say that that we've cost ourselves a so jake tweeted in jake wilkes saying not sure why big josh didn't get a start on saturday after an unexpiring performance against wimbledon Zyro clearly needed a rest or to be shaken up Tariq. Looked like the only player that wanted the ball. That felt like a Robinson performance all over. London, Inic Giza, again, says, Agree, lack of desire, which makes it annoying when players send stupid tweets after the game. Ari, we will keep giving our all, blah, blah, blah. What do they think? Are we we mugs, do they think? I mean, what what do you you think about Obviously, 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 players always take to, to social media to try and, you know, G themselves up and to put a little bit more belief back in the fans after a disappointing performance, don't they?
3: Yeah, uh, but I completely agree. When when you see a performance like that, it's just going to wind you up. Um, you know, I, I understand why players do it. They sometimes they feel like they need to apologise, as you say. Sometimes it, I think it's just to g themselves up and kind of admit to themselves that perhaps it wasn't good enough, but but promise something for the next game. So. I see why they do it I try and where possible I, I get my thoughts out straight after the game and then I try to avoid Twitter as much as possible after a defeat because it, it ends up winding me up as well um, but you know it's a place for, for fans to vent <clears throat> vent their disappointment isn't it and and players I'm sure come on and, and do the same thing and it's on the whole I like the fact that that communication opportunity is there um, I think especially at a club like ours which is Renowned for that kind of player fan relationship that we've had, certainly for example under Powell, less so over the last few years, but I think that has come back a little bit this year. Um, so it's not something I want to avoid. But as I say, when you come off the back of a performance like that, is is only going to wind wind you up, I think.
5: Red and white, 1905. We lacked leaders in the centre of midfield, our only leader on the pitch is Jason Pearce. Yesterday we needed to change the formation, and it didn't happen. We were getting attacked. Down the sides and Reeves and Arebo didn't help out enough. We needed a flat four in midfield. And obviously that's sort yeah. of what you were, you were talking about earlier. John Pitchers, <coughs> excuse me, couldn't believe the lack of motivation displayed yesterday. Once again, no reaction to a bad result despite the players all promising to bounce back. We need a brand new team. For next season, I mean that's inter- That's an interesting point now because I'm sure. I mean we, we've proven at times this season that we've got much better performances within us. So you know when when the summer comes and if if the mystery takeover ever happens, I mean you know do do we change the the broom handle and the broom head and try and or do we just change one of them? And try and keep it the same broom.
3: No, I think. <laughs> I don't know where that analogy is going to go. <laughs> but um, I, I think we've got enough change happening as it is. I mean, De Silva's obviously going back. Mavadidi's going back. Amos is going back. We're going to have lots of things that are that are changing. Um, so I think if we can keep that core, I think there's a lot of good in that core. I do think Bauer has his mistake in him, but I think he's a competent defender. I think Pierce is a massive leader and a, and a huge plus for us. I think Forstekaski, when he's got Kashi alongside him, so that very much depends on the Kashi contract, I think those two do a brilliant job I think the likes of Reeves uh, of Fosu if we can keep hold of him Aribo, there is some real talent there I think we don't have a a, a very solid spine in the same way uh, you know it's, again I don't necessarily want to compare but when you look at some of the teams that have done well the likes of your Danny Hollands in the middle your Michael Morrisons at the back we had Warriors you know Kermagant's up front we had Warriors uh, uh, all the way through that, that pitch I don't think we have that as such um I think if you look up front, I think they're all quite individuals. In the, uh, Jose, certainly uh, has been mentioned as being selfish a few times. I think Zyro, obviously just being on loan, but I think he kind of they almost not just play for themselves, but they focus on their own game. So I think that leadership throughout the pitch is lacking. Um, I do think Pierce offers it from the back, and that's why I think you would look. Okay, the the goals have come from kind of individual mistakes, but I think on the whole, since he come back from injury, we've been far more organised at the back. Um, So I think leaders is a big issue But no I don't think we need to change A huge amount of personnel I mean we're going to need to bring a lot of players in Irrespective of whether the takeover happens If we're serious about going up next year Provided we don't miss Then uh, yeah we're going to need a lot of changes I think the only only thing I would say Is if we were to go up this year We would certainly need a huge Mm. amount of investment And then maybe your broom handle And your Mm. bristles And your end of your broom and, And everything probably would have to go Because with the greatest respect to these players, I'm not sure how well they get on in the championship.
5: Yeah, it's interesting actually. because triggers broom analogy does actually make it does does mean it's not the same broom. But if you change all the players, it's still the same club. Yeah. So trigger trigger may have had a point there. <laughs> uh, Red and white 1905 uh, lose on Tuesday, and I think the playoffs are done. We need a big build in the summer. But if Roland is still here, God knows what sort of squad. Uh, we will get. Yeah, I mean, that almost doesn't bear thinking about if, if he sticks to his no-permanent signings policy. Uh, Red and White uh, continues, we need to change shape for the Shrewsbury game. I would go there and make it hard for them to break us down and try and counter-attack. If we play the Diamond, we will lose 4-5-1 and frustrate them. He says, I think Kai Kai's got it in his contract that he has to play a certain amount of games. Well, I'm not, I'm not certain about that. Uh, Martin, uh, Shrewsbury squad on, is on a par with ours and they've got no tiredness. Tiredness is not an issue with teams that are winning I mean the, the tiredness uh,
3: reasoning excuse if you will does does that play well with you no as I say I'm just, I'm struggling to find other reasons for the recent performances <laughs> but as I said earlier in the show it's the same for every team um, I know we've played a lot of Tuesdays recently but other teams have as well I mean as as that person says Shrewsbury are going to be doing that on Tuesday night as well so it, it might be a reason uh, I just don't like using it as an excuse because just saying you're tired you're a professional athlete you know you're built to do this and okay we've not got Carl in charge now but he was coming into this saying this is the part of the season I love well players should as well players Wembley you're you're on the cusp of Wembley uh, when you're in the playoffs and you can't tell me that those players don't want to get there so what is it that's letting them down um it's the same for every team they all play the same amount of games um Shrewsbury obviously had a good run in the cup as well so probably ended up playing more games than us um, but it is what it is. Um, I think that whoever it was that suggested we perhaps go a bit more uh, counter-attacking on on Tuesday might work. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about the shooter game towards the end of this, the uh, the pod. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it could be a reason, but but not an excuse for mm. me. Right, Petulant tweeted
5: in. Uh, well, DM saying it's, it was it was nice while it lasted. Strangely enough. Carl's bank card pin number, which is 4231, would have been better suited uh, to us yesterday, in my opinion. We were getting to the halfway line and simply being crowded out. We even needed another man in midfield or our strikers to come short. While current squad have in quality they lack in its implementation... Uh, decision making, concentration, bravery and a little bit of initiative are what have let us down over the course of the season. Some of those things cannot be picked up on the training ground. You either have them or you don't. I don't question their self-motivation at all. The way we've played all season in regards to system and tactics is not conclusive to success in League 1. All you've got to do is look at how Wigan, Shrewsbury and Scunthorpe set up against us. It's doing a great job. Sorry, it's about doing a job at time. Not every team will set up like Plymouth and allow the game to be turned into a basketball match. A summit of change or uncertainty awaits. And I hope, uh, like many others, uh, it's the former. Cheers for that Uh, message in. Right back on to to the tweets as well. Uh, Super close uh, giving us his suggested uh, team for... Uh, for, for Tuesday and the four four two 4 it has to be uh, Fosu and Mavadidi playing quite far forward with, with Jake Fostokaski and rebone in, in yep. a defensive more midfield role uh, which is quite an interesting one uh, Red and White uh, they'll having a little conversation I mentioned now I won't, I won't go <laughs> through that uh, Roger Charles so disappointing after yesterday's game uh, also the takeover has gone on quiet if it's all over from the playoffs by the time Blackburn arrive it's time to have a massive demo on and off the pitch I'm fed up with it all I mean obviously we sort of had that that sort of uh, talk for you know message from the club with a season ticket announcement a little while ago saying that season tickets would either be announced when the takeover happened or on Thursday. And on Thursday, we've got season ticket prices. Yeah. But they did say they are still in uh, discussion with those two possible parties. So that's uh, uh, interesting to see. Right, James Monard again saying, What was the point of having every player back for their corners? That gives no outlet. If we clear the ball, it goes straight back to them and they go again. I mean, that's something that people have made about for years and years and years of football clubs. And it can be frustrating, uh, doesn't it? Will Bolland's got uh, got still got some faith. He says, uh, we're not out of this fight yet. It ain't over. A lot can happen in those four games. I mean, that, that is what we can cling on to is the fact that it has happened. You know, we've been in and out. and We've been doing the hokey-cokey with yeah. the playoff places over the last few weeks and we're hoping that we'll have our left foot in and the rest of us in uh, when the uh, when the music stops at the end of the season. Teddy Boy, says someone needs to do a job on Nolan uh, on Tuesday, so he, uh, particularly in the first half. He ran the show at our place. Uh, James Moyniard, a couple more, saying it's like uh, if it's like Bo says, what is he going to do to change it? Like, you know, I don't agree with this tiredness factor. He should be fuming. He sounds disheartened. Uh, exactly, it works, but we've played it in all of his games yesterday. We needed a flat four-four-two. I could see that after 10 minutes. talk about the diamond? Uh, why can't they see it? Um yeah right so let's have a quick break here on China I've still got plenty of emails to to get through as well Uh, later on the show we're going to hear our audio diary of the Upbeats War which will lift your spirits I hope because it was a good event yesterday Uh, left me a little bit sunburned actually which I wasn't expecting Uh, and uh, we will look ahead to Tuesday it's a very difficult game at Shrewsbury
6: the defence and Fosser would try and close it down and oh, Moussinho gets himself in a bit of trouble it comes to McGuinness, McGinnis on the edge of a good challenge for Moussinho Kassi gets there first, Kassi in the penalty Kassi! Oh, oh, and yes. the Kassi oh, his first goal of the oh. season beats Eastwood dive to his right side Kassi's running around the valley <laughs> absolutely delighted for him McGuinness
1: has stayed down though from the challenge and John take the lead here at the valley
5: Welcome back Chotten Live here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening. Don't forget, tomorrow night, uh, Love Sport Radio and myself and Tom will be there for the and Fan Show from 9 pm, so you can listen to that online at lovesportradio.com. Uh, on Medium Wave 558 I think it is uh, or on London DAB uh, if you're in the London area but like I say anyone can listen online it's also available on demand uh, very soon after the event on the Love Sport Radio uh, website so that's 9 o'clock tomorrow evening you'll be able to call into that show and have your say on the weekend's performance London Indiguis copied this into a tweet from CFC Facts and Stats Uh, it's basically zooming in on a picture I think it's one of Kyle and Andrew's pictures of yesterday's game it's the celebration of the goal by even Tony if you just look in the background there's a couple of Charlton fans making hand gestures. I did actually go to the effort of trying to um, Photoshop <laughs> yeah. some hand puppets onto those uh, onto those earlier, but it didn't look that good, so I didn't bother tweeting it out. Uh, but yeah, they reacted. How, you, how you'd expect you react to a, a player taking slightly too long to celebrate in front of you. Uh, London, League has said that's how we all felt, Ari, yesterday's performance. Well, let's have a look at the emails. Plenty have come in. Uh, <laughs> of course, the first one's from Chris Davin. Uh, subject line, crap. Uh, he said, what a load of old and then lots of dots and this is complete embarrassment no effort whatsoever from the wasters in the red and white shirt to be within reach of achieving something then putting in a gutless spineless performance like that is unforgivable from the first to the last whistle complete lack of urgency and effort once again Kai Kai side why the man is uh, why the man has been absolutely useless week in week out and his palace through and through I'm proper Cholton which is why I booed him when his name was announced and I booed him when he was taken off he should be nowhere near a Cholton shirt I mean, clearly the Palace thing's a big thing for quite a lot of players. And like I say, if if, if he if he was Palace's Lionel Messi, then no one would care. But unfortunately,
3: he's Palace's Sully Kaikai. Kai. Yeah, I think some people probably would still care, but I think less would. I think, look, if he'd have come in and scored five goals in five games uh, and, and helped get us to the playoffs, I still wouldn't like the fact he's come from Palace. But if he gets us promoted, then fine. Um, there are going to be different levels for every fan uh, in terms of how much that bothers them and as I say I completely respect those that that have an issue with it Um, I don't necessarily agree with booing him while he plays for us but again uh, whoever that is that's emailed in is completely entitled to do that as well Um, I just don't think that Kai Kai has been good enough irrespective of where he's come from Um, and the fact that he has come from there means that that's just going to you know, great on fans even more um, and as, as I say the fact that he's continued to get starts for me is surprising um, I mean D- Boer's decision to hook him when he did yesterday suggests to me that he won't be playing Tuesday but we'll, we'll wait and see
5: Right good evening to Dave Rodden says hello again uh, bitter and twisted from a trip to Bristol and a painful afternoon at the Valley some thoughts Jake Fosakaski and Reeves are excellent footballers who belong in a higher division I mean in particular with but well both of them possibly and maybe Reeves I think consistency over the course of their careers would be the thing especially you know from what I've seen from Reeves in a champions shirt you know that's what's holding him back He's not yeah. consistent Jake Foster-Kasky is fairly consistent for us but I think over the course of his career you know may, may, maybe not as much but hopefully he's you know that's why he's hopefully he's going to flourish at our club I think like I say, I think he's right up there for player of the season for me uh Dick Stewart's probably going to be a very good footballer but lord knows he ain't no right back uh, the big issue yesterday was the way that we had no outlet wide and Anthony was a huge part of the problem. The outlet ball to Solly, apparently not good enough according to the interweb Twitterati. Uh, but still, in my less than humble opinion, our best right back by a million miles usually results in a ball down the line. Sometimes Charles down, sometimes on the opposition's left back head. <coughs> Excuse me, but often to a Charlton player moving from a central midfield out wide, but almost inevitably opening up the possibility of whiff. Your boy Dick Steele did not once play that ball and he always took the ball inside invariably found no room uh, then was forced to play the ball backwards. Reeves must have run 20 miles outright, all in vain uh, in an effort to use the space down the right and never once received the ball. If only a Jose was as good as he thinks he is, he would be a world-beater. I fear but the reality is he isn't very good at all. An average third-division player who had one exceptional season can live with never seeing him in the Champions shirt again. On the upside, I watch the upbeat smash all-comers. Don't know if this is an appropriate comment, but every time I watch them, I am overcome with feelings of pride, admiration and heartbreak when we all reminisce about the Chelton way. It's still in there in those lads uh, and the top people who devote their time to encourage them as my humble protest I will not renew my season ticket until 4pm on the 7th of May at which point I will make a panicky phone call and lay my (laughs) money down as usual that will learn and cheers for that Uh, Dave thanks for for getting back in contact just a quick word on what what you said about Nicky Jose,
3: perhaps Uh, I think since Jose's come back in the side I think he's done fairly well Um, I think he's worked hard I think he's looked like he's up for the fight Um, I thought yesterday he wasn't very good and I think he over the course of his on career has flattered a little bit in that he hasn't scored the goals we perhaps need him to but again I don't think it's it's fair necessarily to pick on one player for yesterday um, and I think uh, Wimb- the Wimbledon game aside again I think on the whole since he's come back in he's actually done alright for us and seemed to be forming a nice little partnership um, I do also agree however that he probably thinks he's better than he is <laughs> but I don't think he's necessarily the only yeah the only person to blame in all this. Right, Ben Plummer. Hi guys. First match I've been to since the home game
5: versus Wigan. Had my hopes up going into the game yesterday but not too high so I hoped I wouldn't be uh, impressed. So I hoped I would be impressed but sadly not really not much to get excited about. Some decent stuff between arebo and Little Jay on the left uh, in the first half at times but overall yesterday we seemed too slow to get it out of the defence. Lack of passion and desire. Scunny wanted it more and got what they deserved. You wouldn't have thought these two teams were playoff contenders though both were not great Bauer also really worries me at time, even though he's generally solid I agree almost 100% with that he's, yeah. I think this season in particular he's been better, Much better. Uh, but he's, over the years he's had a mistake in him and I think perhaps yesterday we saw that with, with his marking for yeah. the for the goal the other thing I noticed was it didn't look like players wanted to pass to Kai Kai so if so don't play him the playoff hopes are dim especially if we use to lose to the shrews optimism now is very low Cap. Uh, gets involved he says uh, have been going to the valley since 1969 the last few weeks has been the uh, epitome of following Charlton uh, for the baby boomer generation whenever our hopes have been raised uh, they've been dashed against the rocks of reality with the exception of nine glorious years of promotion and premiership residence so i've written off our playoff hopes and wonder where our next point will come from this season the only person that looks up for the fight is boya and in the short time he's been manager he must be so exasperated by his charges, will next se- will next season be any better, albeit for different reasons? If there's a takeover, when will it happen? Are the two question mark potential owners planning for next season? Are transfer targets being talked to? I doubt it. We're thoroughly uh, unprepared for the running now and the season ahead. Uh, that's from Cap says. Uh, P.S. Homeless Dulwich Hamlet secured a playoff place yesterday and have an automatic an outside chance of automatic promotion. One point behind Billericki, who have a game in hand uh, and uh, every single finger on my hands across for. For Dallas there, because uh, uh, I really hope that Billericchi don't get promoted, because that would be so, so <laughs> funny. Uh, Len, hi all, looking at Bayer 's comments since yesterday's game, I can only conclude that he's lost a plot, the organisation was poor and confidence was low, poor performance from the team was apparently down to tiredness, but even if true, how does that different how's that different for the rest of the teams in the league well i guess you'd argue squad size but then i don't know how big other team squads are uh he thinks uh, we're going to beat shrewsbury portsmouth and blackburn where's that breath of fresh air and honestly gone i wonder i mean uh, lee did say we need to win three out of the four so interestingly didn't say specifically which ones mm. but we do need to win three out of the four the takeover has gone quiet two parties have apparently agreed a prize two or three months ago you'd think now a single party would have been selected this doesn't feel right both parties are struggling to raise the funds, maybe. Uh, perhaps the deal will somehow split ownership between the two parties. Who knows? Things are as nervous, unrewarding and frustrating off the pitch as they are on the pitch. And that is, uh, as, as sort of as Cap said, that is the epitome of being a Trump fan, isn't it? Right, corner says, Hi, guys. excuse me, I don't think the wheels have come off. We're just lacking tempo on the ball and teams are getting back into shape very quickly as we move the ball slowly. Teams have plans uh, for us now. We just need somehow or someone to turn it on for us and do something a little bit different. I thought we lacked intensity on Saturday. I thought Amos made some brilliant saves. Their goal was three yards offside in the build-up. But as we know, the officials are shocking this league. Uh, That could possibly cost us a point that would have taken us Uh, that I would have taken after that performance, which would have put us one point off the playoffs instead of two. Fingers crossed for Tuesday. We need wins, and we need them now. Bob says, Gentlemen, first let me say I never want Charlton to lose, but even if we made the playoffs, we cannot realistically believe that we could beat any of the teams above us. Therefore... Uh, from a positive stance going forward, we can hope that knowing what division we are in will set the price Ronan can expect and what any buyers would expect to pay. Secondly, if the sale goes ahead at the end of the season, we have longer to get in management of players that the new owners will want. Thirdly, it means that history will show that Ronan's ownership was a complete failure and no spin could be put on any promotion. <coughs> Excuse me. We might have achieved. This season has always been that the players have been mediocre in a mediocre division. We need to bring in an experienced uh, professionals who have played at a higher level and not a load of loners playing for themselves. I will still hope for the impossible this season, but like most regular attendees, I will be glad when it ends. And Mark, gets involved in it, boys. That was a nil-nil all day long. Uh, I don't know if Mark saw the goal then <laughs> anyone watching who didn't know uh, would assume it was two teams 12th and 13th with nothing to play for to be honest I was just surprised that we finished with 11 men as the ref looked like it wanted the chance to give a red to one of our players The pull and a Jose was a definite pen But to be honest, it's clutching at straws. We're a port all round, but his whistle only blew one way. Fossil going for glory in the last minute. was frustrating, hard and low across the box, giving us at least a chance of a deflection for goal is what he should have done, really. Amos was the only one to come out of the game with any credit, uh, his saves, but we did end up going down the left too much, uh, like we used to do with Ricky and getting caught up in congestion uh, if he had played Reeves deeper and got him spraying pras- passes across the pitch probably would have worked but he played too high he went to centre half for the last five minutes and Bauer went up front pity the upbeats didn't show uh, pity the upbeats sorry here we go pity on that upbeats day the players didn't show 10% of the passion and the pride that the upbeats did once again they scored a hat full with a couple of class finishes uh, that's from Mark he said although I did get the winner in the Grand Nationals so not all bad I hope he means he bet on him and he's not going to serve him in his restaurant right um Let's have a listen. Mark did mention there right at the end about the Upbeats. It was Upbeats Day here at the Valley yesterday. Ten years the Upbeats have been going now. Uh, the Upbeats March, I think, has been going for about four years. Uh, and I did it for my first time yesterday. Tom, you did it, I think, your second time yesterday. A few of us from the Cholton Live crew did it yesterday. Uh, and this is how we got on. So Here we are right at the beginning of the Cholton Upbeats March 2018. Ten miles to go to the Valley. Joining us, Cholton Athletic. Valley Pass commentator, Greg Stubbley, how you doing, Greg? How you doing, Lou? You alright? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. How's your legs after the first 100 yards?
6: Oh, I was getting there, mate, to be honest, I think. <laughs> I did this last year, and I found the hardest bit to be the start, honest, I think once you get to Greenwich and you start smelling the valley air, <laughs> you get a bit more excited. But, uh, what on earth does the
5: valley air smell like?
6: It smells like mist from the Thames, if that's a thing. <laughs> that's it excellent. just smells like joy and unpredictability.
5: Yeah. <laughs> And uh, great to see so many people have come together for, for the March and to raise money for the Upbeats today.
6: Yeah, it's a special day in the Charlton calendar and I'm glad that more and more people want to do it each year. It's not just the walking, it's raising the money for the Upbeats, which is one of the best programmes in the country, to be honest. I think you speak to the, the Upbeats and how much they enjoy their football and how much they enjoy the, the challenge of going up and down playing different teams and it's what makes Charlton really. It's, it's a real good community spirit um, everyone gathered before the walk and then as
5: we go on, as we make... Stops, you see people together, it's just this is why I do it, I absolutely love it. Yeah, and so we've uh, just about come to the end of the Footscray Rugby Club uh, driveway. Still, still reckon you can make 10 miles? Oh, I'm, I'm starting to pant already, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that might goes... just be the, the fact <laughs> you're in the presence of me, but yeah. oh, well, you know how it goes with fame and all that.
6: You know, uh, I miss you on know, Tuesday, yeah. but yeah, um, no, I'll be fine. I think, like I said, once you get to Greenwich Park, you see the beautiful sights, and you, you sort of have a little break, and then it's
5: like, yeah it's not a problem from there right so about half hour in on West Mount Road Terry you started a solid 20 minutes behind us so the pace you've shown to catch up is quite yeah, belies
1: your age well, <laughs> well as a finely tuned athlete uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I expected to catch you up a little bit sooner so I'm a little bit disappointed but uh, now I'm here I was hoping you'd stop for a rest, but there we are. We'll keep yeah. going. Enjoy enjoying the walk so far. Very uh, lovely weather for it? it. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I'm not about enjoying is necessarily the right word, <laughs> but uh, no, it's always. It's great to be part of this, uh, part of, uh, of of the Upbeats walk and part of the, the whole fundraising process. Gives you a feel good. Yeah,
5: and especially like interacting with the Upbeats earlier on today. And I'm really looking forward to watching them play when we get to the valley because every time I've seen them play, I mean they've handed out five, six, ten nil. Yeah, defeats to the opposition so I'm expecting a bit more of that today.
1: Well possibly although they're, uh, they've got a t- uh, teams from uh, uh, a few clubs have joined together to try and take us on. Take the the, H- the on. Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah drops, basically yeah. so there might be a few re- <laughs> uh, oh no whatever happens it'll be, yeah, it'll be great fun just watching the, the joy they get being on the pitch is, uh, is what does it. Yeah, and of course all the uh, money that they've been raised to help uh, extend the program further as well, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely run on fundraising, so and it, every every little helps, as I say. I know mean, it's a cliche, but it does, and especially at the moment, times are a bit tougher. There's a lot more causes to give to, so uh, it's uh, it's more
4: important. You can see that you're being surrounded.
5: Nathan, just uh, gone past the halfway point here in Greenwich Park. Yeah. How's, uh, how, how are you finding it? yeah I find it fine I was a bit jealous of uh, Gregory's ice cream uh,
6: but yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I know uh, yeah I've uh, recovered slightly from my my man flu probably still yeah. sand it a little bit Yeah. but yeah yeah. don't feel sorry for me I know, I know. Um, <laughs> it's a gorgeous yeah, day right. as well
5: isn't it like, yeah I'm sweltering I am yeah. oh, sweltering like yeah. a pig it's too hot isn't it,
6: it is. yeah it is but I've got a couple of layers on I've got a big well I've taken a bomber jacket off but I've got jeans on which wasn't an ideal choice <laughs> But I have toped up, so...
5: Yeah, and how, how impressed are you with Terry making it all this way so far? Terry's
6: been a trooper, He's been an absolute trooper. And, you know, I, I like Terry.
5: <laughs> yeah, no he's, been, no, he's been good as gold. He's been setting the pace. Yeah. And, uh, and finally, just before we came on, you mentioned that Greg did something to you? <laughs> yeah, he, he, did, he, uh, he, he has a way of eating ice creams, so that's
6: all
0: I say. You can show
5: me. Tom... We're walking down the side of the Blackwall Tunnel approach now. Feels like we're about 80 miles
3: into this, uh, and you you getting on. I'm feeling all right. Yeah, I was a bit worried because you were leaving me till last, and I thought I'd be the most knackered, but I don't feel too bad. Knees are a bit sore, and yeah. the, uh, all these cars stink of petrol. But, uh, yeah, I feel all right. The heat the heat yeah. is unbearable it's lovely isn't it it's such a nice day to be out and walking it's all right for a few miles but now we're <laughs> seven or eight yeah so it's, uh, it's getting a bit too much now your, your balls uh, of your feet <laughs> I was gonna say careful yeah. uh, they feel all right so far I put some good shoes on so yeah, yeah not too bad and all
5: for a good because gonna say exactly it's, 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 there's so many people have come out today for the mm. upbeat
3: so it's great to see everyone uh, if, if I'm getting around the course yeah it's awesome and I did it for the first time last year and it was easily the highlight of the season for me um, I said that on the show on Thursday and it is again um, uh, just to see everyone come out you know like even for us the girlfriends coming out and joining in and doing it it's, it's just brilliant it's such a good cause so uh, yeah it's been good Disability and Mental Health Coordinator for
5: the Trust Terry and um, we're coming towards the end hopefully of the uh, of upbeats walk I mean it's been another
7: really successful uh, event again yeah it's been brilliant um come out in in force again today to to support the Upbeats for their annual uh, fourth fourth year of the Upbeats walk and their 10 year anniversary so it's been really great.
5: How good is it that you get so much support from from Charlton fans for for events like today?
7: Yeah it's amazing you know the Charlton family has really got behind the Upbeats from day one uh, and it's really down to the Charlton family um, fans, uh, friends, and all the people connected with the club that, that makes it this uh, this this day so special, and and, we, and the fundraising we get on the back of it is just amazing.
5: And obviously, the the team provides such a you know good 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 memories for the, the, the players involved and the families involved as well. It's such good work that we trust it.
7: Yeah, the team um, they're five five, uh, five times national champions of the DS Active uh, Festival. That we're we'll going to again in June this year. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, Down syndrome football, they're head and shoulders above the rest. Um, they play pan disability football very well now, and we're we're taking them over to Belfast in June to participate for their third year in that as well. So um, they love their football, um, but it's important to, to mention that it gives it gives the families so much more than just football um, in terms of what it, you know what it sort of helps support them with. And obviously, the, the fundraising the Cheltenham fans do will help the, the program to continue for many years to come in the future. Definitely, yeah. The fundraising is essential. Um, I say, uh, if you don't know, this is not funded by any any uh, any any sort of um, fund. Any, it's not funded at all. So, fundraising is the only way this sort of uh, this can go ahead. So,
5: there's our coverage of yesterday's uh, Upbeats Walk, ten miles. Uh, before the game, I had, to, I had to basically run the last bit as well <laughs> because we were quite late and I had work to do, so I had to had to rush in to get there. But I really enjoyed it, uh, and I was so it's so great to watch the upbeats play. Um, I, I chatted with uh, James uh, Barnes, one of one of the lads there. I actually went to uh, primary school with him. Was, he was in my brother's year, a few years uh, younger than him, but we've got just chatting to him beforehand. It's great to uh, you can see how, how how important the upbeats is to them. So as we heard there um you know the donations they rely entirely on on, on donations from uh from, from people to keep to keep the program running in 10 years it's been going now uh Child and life the forum they do such good work Danny, as well to make sure they raise money so i've linked to their their donation uh their donation page uh if, if you want if you want to uh, give some money to the upbeats because it's not, it's not too late to do it now uh tweeted out a little photo of us on the walk and um <clears throat> london eagiza says it's a rogues gallery uh, which is, a, a, I don't know if that's a nicer or less nice um, comment than what Ray said. Ray Bates, with a, yes, I met him it. yesterday with his dogs, so I'm really, really glad to meet him. Uh, he said that we look like S Club 7 with a tour manager, so I'm guessing that Terry was the tour manager because <laughs> there were seven of us other than that. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, Do you want to be Rachel Stevens or shall I?
3: Uh, you can take that, yeah. Thank you. I'll, but, be, I'll be Bradley.
5: <laughs> right, let's look ahead to, uh, to um, Tuesday's game. Ryan Tate says, uh, our players have shown that they have no mental strength to pull us through the playoffs. They've really let us down in the last two games and only a win will do on Tuesday. Tom, are we going to get that win on Tuesday at Strosby Town who are having an amazing season?
3: Yes. Yeah? I have no idea Sorry. why. I have no <laughs> idea why, but I, I think we might. As I said at the start of the show, I think there's, there's a couple of twists left. Um, I just hope that they, they twist our way. Um, I, I think if we can get four points in the next two games, that would be pretty decent. Um Blackburn at home we're going to struggle uh, and then I think we're going to need to win on the final day I've said it for, for three or four weeks now I said it to tell on the walk yesterday I think it's going to come down to the final day and um, uh, you know as as disappointed as I'd be if we miss out I think if we can go up to Rochdale knowing that a win would get us in the playoffs or keep us in um, as opposed to having to rely on other people I think that that wouldn't be too bad given the the last few weeks but yeah as you say they're, they're a good side aren't they so it's going to be a very tough ask
5: Mm. I mean, uh, is there much room for rotation now? I mean, Sully Kai Kai against his former club. We <laughs> I mean, totally. had one of his best five-minute spells for Cheltenham against against Rosebery and early on when we we played really well for five minutes and then ended up going yeah. to lose. Um, <laughs> I mean, what, what do you. Um, what, what, what is, is there room for manoeuvrability in terms
3: of that starting 11? And what would you do yeah, if there is? I think there is. Um, I think somebody else mentioned it in a tweet. So I, I'm not the only one who's going to get slaughtered for this. But I actually think 4, four 2 3 1 wouldn't be a bad option. Um, I, oh, think, I miss it as well. I think what, <laughs> what we need is we need Kashi back. And I know he was on the bench. Um, I don't know if Forster Kasky's going to be fit enough. But if we could have Forster and Kashi with rebo in front of them. Uh, that would be fine um, for me I would rest both uh, the wingers I'd start Fossu and Marshall um, and up front I'd probably keep a Jose but I'd go a Jose and McGuinness so I'd make quite a few changes um, I think he'll probably rotate the full backs anyway because he suggested he, he will um, I'd prefer not to have Konza right back though so if Solly's not fit then probably I would stick with Jigsteel but mm. I wonder if Page might come in but there there are options. Um, I, again, it's how much difference they make because we are coming up against a good side. And the person who said Nolan obviously bossed the game last time, we are going to need bodies in mid in the middle, and that's why I think perhaps that four two three one for a change might actually be effective. But
5: um I mean, said so it wasn't that effective
3: against them at home. Was no, it? So. true, but uh, I can't remember the personnel that day to be honest with you. But I I just think especially the last few games, as we said, Forstykowski has been. Oh, it's definitely up there for player of the season I think yesterday he struggled and I think he has struggled when Kashi's not been there so if those two can be there then I think that's good but you need someone else attacking as mm-hmm. well um, whether it's maybe 4-3-3 although again that's the the narrow problem um, in terms of the full backs being a bit exposed so there are a lot of options it's whether we've got time enough to train how we want and prepare how we want and whether Boya's prepared to make those changes in terms of personnel
5: uh, Sebo tweets in saying, A few years ago, Rachel Stevens was my dream date. Well, I mean, if I am now it's the Champion yeah. Live Rachel Stevens, I mean,. I mean, uh, maybe at lunch maximum <laughs> no <laughs> said, doubt you'll see him Tuesday <laughs> yeah exactly Yeah, uh, right I mean Lee just quickly Lee said we need to win three out of our four games are we going to win three out of our four games and therefore we have to target the fact that two of those three uh, assuming that we're counting Rochdale away as one of them two yeah. of those three are going to have to be against some bloody good teams and one of
3: them is going to have to be Blackburn or Shrewsbury then yeah uh, I don't know how many points are we on at the moment you've got the table uh,
5: I've got a table to hand we are on 62. Okay. So, yeah,
3: because yeah, see, that's the problem. Because I thought 70 points would be enough. Um, so yeah, we are we're going to need three wins. I thought two wins and a draw might do it, but that would only leave us on 69. I think that's probably not going to be. Mm. Um, uh, look, it, let's and this is a by no means disrespect to Rochdale, but we're going to need to win that game. Yeah, uh, we're we're going to have anyway. to disrespect them to their so faces we, on the last of the season. Exactly. So. so we have to say that we're going to win that game, or to get in the playoffs, we're going to need to win that game. So then, yeah, you're looking at two wins from Portsmouth, Blackburn and and Shrewsbury. Mm. Um, I think I've got, I'm confident about the weekend. So then you're looking at Shrewsbury or Blackburn and I just don't want to play Blackburn Mm. at all. So I think it's going to have to come at Shrewsbury. Mm. Well, I think well, we've got enough to do it.
5: Yeah, Hopefully we will be. I'll be there on Tuesday night coughing my way all the way up to Shropshire. <laughs> uh, hopefully trying will be coughing their way back with three points. Right, we've run out of time on tonight's Charlton Live. Don't forget tomorrow evening, 9 o'clock, lovesportradio.com. Me and Tom will be on there with the Charlton Fan Show. Uh, you can have your say by phoning into that one. But thanks to all of you who had your say on tonight's show with the emails and the tweets. Thanks for Tom for coming in. Cheers, Louis. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live. Hope you've enjoyed it. Let's hope that Charlton get back on that winning trail and rescue their playoff bid with three points up against Rosemary Town on Tuesday night. i see you later. Hold
0: up.